welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for what is now episode 19 of our Road to 2023 series. And as always, you are joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. Now, today is the 7th of November, 2021. And Jack looked back at the calendar and our last show was on the 8th of May, 2021, which was officially 26 weeks ago or six months ago. So it's actually been a whole six months since we stepped off stage. Wow, it suddenly has flown by quickly. It flipping has, man. Like it's been a quarter of our improvement season, which is absolutely wild. So mm. what do you think? Have you made the most of that quarter? I would say so. Yeah, I've done the best that I can do. Very confident in it. That's good. Well, in that case, road to 2023, the first quarter is off to a good start, eh? But let's get into your past fortnight, Jack. What have you been up to? So just the usual stuff, training, nutrition, uh, working as well. But I guess that's what this podcast is about. Mm -hmm. So nutrition-wise, some more exciting stuff. I've had some more macro increases. So It's about time. (laughs) Many of you will know I was on the same amount of food for probably a solid five months. And that's been... I think I'm definitely at this point where I'm a bit more adaptive now and I'm weighing in at about 86 kilos at the moment and my new macros are around 575 carb on a training day and 80 grams of fat and 275 grams of protein. So that's corresponded to yeah, a decent amount of extra carbs. Like a few weeks ago I was on 500, so an extra 75 grams in in such a short period like i've had to make some adjustments obviously and a lot of that has just come through my intra workout and mainly just some jam and rice white rice and rice flour in fact as well so very convenient sources of carbohydrates and yeah i'm getting to that point with my carbs where i'm gonna have to although i'm consuming over like 60 grams of of fiber per day I'm still noticing a bit of a blood glucose spike mm. after, in particular, my post-workout meal, yeah. which is after training. And I'm even having a, a somewhat decent amount of fat with that as well. Like it's some, I know some people have like five grams or less of fat. I think this has between 10 to 15 grams of fat. And despite that, still getting a bit of a, it's hard to kind of describe hyper, hyperglycemia, but it's a bit of a head rush. It feels like you're getting a head full of sugar. I guess mm-hmm. it's a sugar rush. It literally is a sugar rush. Yeah. Well, remember what it was like when you were a kid at a birthday party and you mm. ate a bunch of candy, but then you could go jump on the bouncy castle or something like that. Unfortunately, we don't have a bouncy castle in the house. Like, no. <laughs> Usually we just eat a buttload of carbs and then get to work with our clients in the afternoon, which is mm. generally pretty sedentary. So yeah. So if you're on 575 grams of carbs during the day and we know that we front load the majority of our carbohydrates between your breakfast and your intra and your lunch like how many grams are we talking there before 12 p.m it's about four to four twenty-five. gosh darn yeah that that's a lot of glucose <laughs> mm. so what i'll probably start doing is like i'm my health is my i'm not saying it's bad for my health but if i am getting a bit of hyperglycemia then it's a sign that i do need to make a modification mm-hmm. i think and especially if it's prolonged. So what I'll probably do is potentially up the fiber in that meal, Mm. maybe add in 50% wholemeal flour or maybe some oats, whatever it may be. 
And I've actually just bought this new spread, which is like four different types of nuts and some chia seeds and some sesame seeds. So that'll have a bit more fiber as well. Mm -hmm. It's also a good diversity of fats. Like if you're just having peanut butter three times a day, I'd encourage you to get some a spread like that because it does a good job of diversifying your dietary fat sources mm. in one spread. And it still tastes so good, right? Yeah, it's really good. So that's kind of it in terms of nutrition. I'll, I'll keep everyone up to date with that. And if you are inching up your fiber intake there, which I think that's that's probably a good idea, right? And you don't have to go from your pure white flour right now all the way up to 100% mm. wholemeal. But yeah, I think doing like the half and half thing is a pretty good plan of attack. But if you're consuming around 60 grams of fiber right now, how do you think you're going to inch that up? Like, will you be meticulous with it or? Mm, not really, because I don't plan to increase it by that much. Mm -hmm. Like probably not more than 10 grams. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to go back to my old ways of 100 plus grams of fiber a day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I'll, I'll probably add maybe five grams of fiber to that meal, maybe five grams of fiber to my third meal, because that was also quite low in fiber. Uh, my breakfast and my dinner have the majority of my fiber. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I guess five grams of fiber from like wholemeal flour, that's equivalent to around 50 grams of flour or so. Mm. Yep, so that works out well. Cool. All right, well, keen to see how that works out. Hopefully your blood sugar levels normalize. I think the only reason why you and I would ever actually measure our blood glucose levels would purely just be out of interest. Mm, totally. I don't think insulin sensitivity is ever something we're going to have to worry about, mm -hmm. really. Uh, especially since like we're both holding a very good body composition at this mm. body weight as well. It's really just coming down to the fact that you have to eat such a sheer amount of food. Mm. And it's also not, it's never been something uh, that I've done before eating this amount of food on, on this amount of fiber mm. as well. Like usually it's been much lower GI carbs and yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Kind of that battle between what is best for health versus what isn't as optimal for mm -hmm. health. But remember, you initially dropped your fiber intake from 100 grams plus down to around 60 grams per day, which is in line with eating around 14 grams per thousand calories. But that was in hope that the lower fiber intake would help to boost up your testosterone levels. Which it but did. Did it? Yes, yeah, it was tied with the highest it's ever been. Yeah, but it so was... it's, only, it's probably only going to increase from here. That's my theory. I hope so. I certainly hope so. But given that it it was still tied with similar to what mm. you were what you had when you were eating 100 grams plus of fiber, we can say that it's not all down to the fiber testosterone theory. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't need more fiber. Mm. So yeah, it's it's that give and take, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> if you say so, Jack. Yes. <laughs> But we should do an we should do an infographic on fiber maybe. We should absolutely coming soon maybe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's kind of it in terms of nutrition. I'm enjoying diversifying my dietary intake a little bit. Again, more so to make things a little bit more enjoyable. And I find it a little bit ironic that some people say eat the same thing every day when you're not hungry because you get into a routine or it's. I understand the point that it's consistent for for digestion. But there is more and more, I don't like saying the term research or mm -hmm. evidence, uh, unless I can cite something which I can't off the top of my head. But we do know that the increase in dietary diversity usually encourages more caloric intake. Mm -hmm. Like you, the obvious example is going to a buffet. Yeah. So 
that's kind of my theory as to why I'm being kind of trying to like, let's say I went shopping on Friday and I decided to have something different for my third meal of the day. So I just bought some granola, bought some Chobani fit yogurts and just wham the two together. Mm-hmm. And that, that fit my macros. Um, and it's something to kind of spice things up a bit. Yeah, without a doubt. Cause I think you're definitely reaching that point now where ugh, eating, right? Food, mm. like if we weren't on a schedule, it would be so easy for you to eat probably closer to two and a half, 3000 calories and still feel fine during mm. the day. But you know that you need over 4,000 calories to achieve your goals. So absolutely making food more enticing. It's one of the best Mm. tricks in the book, right? But it can work in your favor and it can also not so Mm. much work in your favor depending on uh, where you are at. Yeah, I find this the exciting point though of the improvement season where it's almost to think of it in like bro terms, it's kind of the grind bit where like, okay, it's getting a little bit tough with food uh, training. I'm getting stronger in training. The sessions are always quite well their sessions are always difficult regardless of what phase you're in but it's kind of that growing time Mm -hmm. to put it like that well yeah you've gained 10 kilograms now in these Mm. past six months and you've got close to 10 kilograms to go before you're actually going to do another mini cut so you're kind of only halfway there man (laughs) but it's the second half where yeah you are at that point where it's that second half where it's more difficult to actually put on the weight Mm. when you have a high energy output yeah so that's nutrition. Training-wise, things have been going very well. Interestingly, not not surprisingly, but I've always correlated an increase in push day performance with somewhat of a body weight increase. So like if I wake up a little bit heavier, for example, on usually on a Monday morning, I get one of my heavier weigh-ins of the week after a rest day, uh, so on and so forth. And that's usually a really good session. Mm. So I'm expecting a good session tomorrow, that's for sure, since it's Monday. And everything else has been going well. RDLs, I remember talking about two weeks ago, I think, and they were superb the last two weeks. I think I've reached that body weight now, potentially, where it's like clicked and the mechanics of it is is very favorable. Mm. And I'm, there's still room for improvement, particularly with like upper back flexion, but lower back is pretty stable, touch wood. And looking forward to getting to that four plate mark side. So 180, which yeah, will fingers crossed be on the cards uh, by the end of this year. Yeah, well, maybe even before the end of this year, mm. you're really not that far off at all. Yeah, last session I got 17547. So, and that was, that was uh, comfortable. But very interesting on how you noted on how when you wake up to a heavier weigh in or the day after a rest day, that's usually when you notice a performance increase in Mm. pushing movements. And I've certainly caught on to that sort of trend over the years. And I think that you do the same in terms of the days that you actually program certain sessions. Like if you are in a routine with your life and you have that luxury of being like, okay, Monday is upper one, Tuesday is lower one, Wednesday is a rest day and so on. If you can schedule like that, You can be more strategic in terms of like, you know, when you are your strongest at certain points of the week. Cause I find that I'm always really strong as well on pushing movements in particular, if they're the first primary movement in my workout, but they're also correlated with the day after a rest day. Mm -hmm. But then I find with lower body movements, like the really demanding ones, it's strategic to put those the day before a rest day, because you know that you're always going to 
really push yourself and kind of wind up a little bit sore. So you need that following day for the extra recovery. Mm. But I'm the exact same. Like I always schedule my Bulgarians and my Smith machine lunges the day before a rest day. And then my OHP movements, I do that the day after a rest day when I'm really fresh. Mm. Totally makes sense. Mm. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's interesting how that works. Like potentially a mixture of just being more recovered, Mm. maybe more stored glycogen, quite multifaceted. Yeah. I think it's for those pushing movements, like no matter how bad you want it, right? Just you have to have that sort of strength and that sort of stored glycogen, like you said, to really be able to push that weight up. Mm. But lower body, we all know, man, it's like, it's half a mental battle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, that's something that I've worked on, especially this past Friday, Mm. I did my hack squat and like I went up by two reps in my top set, which was really, really good. And I found that was mainly mental. Mm. Like it's under the same condition, same time of day, uh, same recovery, same session before. Um, I did have some good company with me though, which might've helped, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some more sessions in potentially with with other people yeah jack do you ever find that actually filming your sets it puts a bit of pressure on you to perform and do you ever find that like if you're actually filming something you're more likely to hit a pb um personally no but i know you do yeah (laughs) so but even when i'm filming you you're never like oh do it for the gram you know like really push that final rep Mm. no i think it's quite standardized whether or not i film myself okay Yeah. Sometimes I guess if I'm just like, I really need to freaking get this. Mm. Right. And yeah, I guess that I've always found that filming certainly helps. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it does make sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's pretty much my week. Everything else has been going well. Sleep's been good. Stress levels have been low. Uh, Business has been good. And we've got some great clients uh, on the cards for season A 2021. Uh, across a mixture of categories as well which will be great yeah so you just posted a photo up on tbd instagram yesterday of one of your bodybuilding clients competing next year right yeah so alex will currently 22 weeks out he'll be doing icm in the bodybuilding he's looking great and i'll also have scott who will be doing season a as well mm-hmm. probably men's fitness and classic and they're both uh, had a really spot-on pre-prep phase and a really productive improvement season before that and they've just transitioned into prep very nicely yeah hey guys just a reminder that we don't just coach physique athletes but we do coach anyone with a health and fitness related goal therefore if you are interested in getting in touch with us regarding our coaching services you can always head over to our website at www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com or alternatively click the link in the show notes below So that's enough about me. What about your week? All right. Well, these past two weeks, similar to you, the whole same great shebang. But I think the biggest difference in these past two weeks has certainly just been my training. And I know kind of alluded to this in our previous episode, but I have decided to go down to two working sets for some of my primary lower body compound movements. And I know, Jack, that you've been edging me on to do this for months now, probably maybe even what, over a year Mm. since you actually started. You're like, Tierra, you just got to give it a shot. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I wasn't quite ready to do that yet. And because I think 
I've come, of course, from a background of doing very high volume work, like, you know, five sets, then I transition down to four sets, then three sets. And I'm like, oh my gosh, two sets of an exercise. But I'm telling you, man, since I just decided to take that plunge and do it, I cannot believe just the mindset shift that I've experienced already and just psychologically how I approach those exercises now. Like I thought I was strong before, like, and I was, yeah, all right, right? Lifting decent weights. But now that like, I'm like two sets, it's only two sets. You've only got to do it twice. I've seriously womaned up in some of my movements and it it's so goddamn empowering. It feels freaking incredible. So I'm really glad that finally after months of you nudge, 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 just freaking did it, mm. right? So these past two weeks, like my lower body compounds, some of them have just been flying. So what I've decided to do is for my barbell RDLs, dumbbell RDLs, kettlebell Bulgarian Smith machine lunges, and also my leg press, all of those have come down to two sets now. For example, my barbell RDLs have gone from 85 kilograms up to 92.5 for two sets of 10. And I think I can still lift heavier, right? Like I should be by next year, early next year in like lifting a hundred kilograms. That will just feel amazing. And then this past week, I was finally able to just pick up those 45 kilogram dumbbells. And I did two by 10 for my dumbbell RDLs as well. And it was quite amazing, dude. Like just picking those up and actually having them in my hands, like they didn't even feel that heavy. It was just, it was weird, right? It was, it was strange and it was seriously leveled up and I've gone up to 72.5 on my Smith machine lunges. But the main thing that this coming week, man, I'm picking up those 36 kilogram kettlebells. Like it's time. I've been saying it, that I'm going to do it for a really long time now. And this is the week. The time is for now. For Bulgarians, just to clarify. Yeah, for my kettlebell Bulgarians. So I've been eyeing off those light blue kettlebells for so long now because I've been lifting the 32s and progressing with those in terms of reps for a long time now. But like, God, it's just, it's tough because I, obviously I, I use the kettlebells and they go up in four kilogram increments. And because it's four kilograms per hand, the next jump, it's eight kilograms mm. on one quad. Like, that's a decent That's why ass I think jump. Dumbbells are better. I don't. I'm not sure why you're so attached to the kettlebells. They're so much more comfortable to hold. If you're using straps, I really don't understand why. No, because the because the dumbbells, like especially as the reps keep going on, like it just starts to slip. And then if you if you're lifting decent weight, like having a really heavy dumbbell knob like right up against your knuckles, it hurts. And I'm tough, but like, I don't like bruised knuckles. <laughs> anyway, the kettlebells, they're just, they're super comfortable to hold. And I find that I don't need straps for those. I can just use some chalk, but I just really like the way that the weight is distributed. It's not on either side. It's just hanging down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but this week it's time. I need to lift those 36 kilogram kettlebells per hand. So that'll be over my body weight. So sitting around 66.9 kilograms on average right now. And that'll be 72 kilograms per quad. Wow. I'm freaking pumped, man. I'm, I'm terrified, but I'm very excited. I think it'll honestly be easier because you've been doing more reps with the 32s. Mm. You, I think the it should be around the same difficulty if you lower the reps by two or three each set. Yeah, because I've worked up to sets of 12 with those 32s. And what I'm going for this week is two by eight mm. each quad. So I think you're right. 
Like, I think it's all in my head. It usually is in your head. Like, I get myself so freaking psyched up and I can get very emotional and attached to my lifting because I love it and I care about it. But it is very interesting how, like, psychologically it really influences my physiology. Like, when I'm just thinking about my set and I'm visualizing it when I'm walking to the gym in the morning, like that will already get my heart rate elevated. Or before I've even started a set, my heart rate now is like just beating in the one thirties. It's, it's almost, it's freaky. (laughs) It's almost like a little bit anxiety provoking too. But then once I finally get under the weight, I'm like, wow, this actually isn't that bad. I build it up to be so much in my head, which is Mm -hmm. probably something I need to work on. Yeah, I, I found that with a few lifts as well and it's it's not nice. It's kind of like before you've even done the set, you've already done the set mm. and you go into it feeling quite neurologically taxed and fatigued, Yeah, which isn't good. It's a double-edged sword, absolutely, because like you build it up to be so much more than it actually will be. But then once you actually have that weight on your back or that weight in your hands, then you can actually be like, lightweight, baby. Like this actually ain't that bad. I'm, I'm doing it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, mine doesn't really work out quite that well. My set just usually goes quite poorly if I get too ang- anxious before it. Yeah, it's definitely better in the improvement season. Like it's absolute hell during a prep. Like mm. when you're on low food during a prep and you're psyched out for a really heavy lift, that's terrifying. Mm. Yeah, scary. Nearly cried. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just what I'm absolutely psyched for this next coming week. Um, but other than that, body composition wise, yeah, sitting around 66.9 kilograms on average right now. So body weight still creeping up. And my macros right now are at 400 grams of carbs, 60 grams of fat, and 180 grams of protein. It's quite interesting because my protein is still relatively high at 180 grams, but I get so much of that just through grains and trace sources. Like my actual animal protein content isn't substantial like at dinner time i'll have a hundred grams of kangaroo mince or post-workout i'll have 150 grams of yogurt and like a little bit of protein blended with my buckwheat and flour like at uh breakfast i'll have like 20 grams of protein from an egg white and a little bit from cheese like i'm getting so much of my protein right now from just flour and buckwheat and oats and nuts and seeds and all these trace sources so and like, Might be time to use some lower protein grains. Nah, I don't know. I think I'm just going to keep my protein at 180. <laughs> um, but yeah, food food is really good right now. And again, it's, I alluded to this last time, but I feel like I am in a position right now where I'm so comfortable with the amount that I'm eating that I feel like if I had to do a dieting phase, like it is going to be quite breezy because yeah, rather than just blending bananas into everything, I don't and that would take away like hundreds of calories during the day so it would be quite simplistic but it's nice similar to you like food focus is quite low right now so like for lunch today I just made like 150 grams of raw pasta and just boiled that and just put this really nice olive oil mustard sauce on it cook the pasta in a pot (laughs) (laughs) I mean 150 grams raw weight right Uh, but like that's a decent sized serving of pasta, but I know that I could easily just boil up a hundred grams, right? Like, mm. and that would be two thirds of the calories sort of thing. Hardly even notice how much is in my bowl. So I'm not going to lie. Like I still kind of have that itch and I'm kind of excited to do a dieting phase in these future months. 
Hey guys, just a reminder that we post regular content on our Instagram and YouTube channel. You can find those platforms by searching The Bodybuilding Dietitians. See you there. But on that note, I have booked in a consult this next coming week with Joey Cantlin because it is coming up to now six months into the improvement season and I just really want to get a fresh pair of eyes on everything that I'm doing and have Joey help me look over my training program, see if there's any missing gaps, right? Just have a look at my physique because I am now reaching a body weight where previously would have warranted a mini cut, right? In previous times, like I've started my prep around the 68 kilogram mark and I'm mm. only one kilogram off that. And I just want to have him help me make some decisions, of course, and have some discussions and just get a solid plan in place so that I can be my absolute best. Mm, makes sense. Just like I'm getting some external assistance, so are you. Yeah, so it should be good because I just, I want numbers to aim for. I want targets to aim for. And there's no denying that Joey is goddamn good at what he does. He's probably the best in the biz right now for prepping female physique athletes and like mm -hmm. in the fitness space. Cool, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think we're always a little bit by, not just biased in terms of our own physique, but also like we, I'm not sure if bias includes when you genuinely don't see the bigger picture with your mm. own physique. Like I think biased is when you are aware of something, but you still don't choose to make a decision, but maybe ignorant is a better word where you honestly cannot see like your current body fat or the the fallacies in your training program or where you could work on with nutrition. Absolutely. Cause that's the thing. If, if you sometimes like, and it sometimes it can be staring you right in the face, but you're just blind to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's why I want to consult with Joey because there's no denying that he's really freaking good at what he does, but also consulting with someone who has so much experience in this space. Like Joey's been working with female fitness athletes and IFBB bikini girls for years now. So he would have seen athletes similar to myself who have undergone multiple different preps, they've recomped and they look different at different body weights. But, you know, getting his opinion, of course, on someone who is my height with my current level of muscularity, how far should I actually push my body weight before that actually warrants a mini cut? And also what is my next predicted stage weight? Just getting that really solid timeline in place. So really taking advantage of his experience, which I really, really appreciate. And that's ultimately why you consult with other coaches and mm. get a coach. <laughs> totally, yeah, too. So they can help you in ways that you can't help yourself. Exactly, because man, come 2023, I wanna win. I wanna do everything that I possibly can to win. I wanna be incredibly competitive. So this is the time to be putting in the work and making the smart moves now, not in a 25 week prep when it's too late. Cause mm. we even did an infographic on this, this past week. Not really on TVD. Oh, a caption, a Twitter post on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. It was, it was a good one. Yeah. And we basically spoke about how it's called the improvement season for a reason. Like don't waste that time. Don't take that time off because that's when you are truly changing your physique. Like in a 25 week prep, that's ultimately when you're dieting, mm. you're, you're just revealing the hard work that you've put in over the prior years. Yeah, it is ironic that it's called the off season. Like mm. I will admit that we use the term off season a lot because it's what's coll colloquially, mm -hmm. if that's how you pronounce it, used. Um, 
but I I definitely prefer the name improvement season. Yeah, it's I'm, a better representation. I I'm a totally along the same lines. I'm so glad that the vocabulary is changing and just the whole outlook on everything is changing there. But it it makes sense, like on season, off season, and it comes from other sports too. And it's it is generally like the time of when you are competing. Mm. For example, like take basketball for example. Like you're either in season or you're off season. Right, but when you're off season, the really good basketball players—they're still training really hard. Mm, you tell them. <laughs> yeah, I will. Boing boing. New name a basketball player. Kobe Bryant. Nice. Thank you very much. Well, he's not a current basketball player. Unfortunately, uh, LeBron James. Nice. Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All those you know famous guys, but I probably couldn't name anyone that's like mm. in the amateur league or something. Oh, yeah. Michael Jordan. <laughs> From the Brisbane Boomers, is it? No. Brisbane boomers, <laughs> Brisbane boingers. <laughs> Who knows? That's a better name for them. Brisbane. Oh gosh! In Australia, they just have really funky names for all of the teams, don't they? Mm. It's all got. It's all like usually sporting teams. It always has something to do with an animal because it's like a mascot, right? Yeah. But in Australia, it's always like yeah, someone's hopping or someone's. Soaring. Sailing seagulls. Is that one of the teams? Mm, I don't <laughs> no, know. <it's> not <laughs> the sailing seagulls. <laughs> and when I was swimming in Canada, I was part of a group called the the Rasa Guppies. So we were like the guppies and we'd compete against the Surrey Sea Lions. Mm. I was actually gonna say magpies, but there is actually an AFL team mm. called the Magpies. Yeah, there is. It's <laughs> interesting. hmm I guess going after animals, like as long as it's, you know, a very quick and tough animal then mm-hmm. it's not a bad mascot yeah you wouldn't really want to be called the wombats necessarily no probably not or like the tortoises there is a band called the rock wombats though they're a good band mm. they are well the mascot for world's gym brisbane it's like this big buff gorilla dude right yeah i mean that's not bad at all no not at all just needs you... to shave before his comp though <laughs> i saw this video on instagram about this gorilla in a zoo who um he broke the glass for on in the zoo. Like that's how strong they are. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. Well, they need stronger glass. Mm. Well, um, did anything else happen this week for you? Ooh, I guess we need to start asking about the last two weeks because we're doing this fortnightly now. Mm. Well, those last two weeks, uh, one of my clients actually, I've been working with her for a year now, Kate Archibald. I got to go support her at her first powerlifting meet, which was really freaking exciting because I've been working with Kate now for a year and. It's so funny. Uh, we were laughing about it the other day, but in her very first form inquiry through our website, she typed, I want to lose fat and build muscle. Sorry, that's the most generic answer ever. <laughs> and it just goes to show, man, that like if you're a coach out there and you have an inquiry form on your website, like the saying is never judge a book by its cover, but never judge a client by their inquiry. Like, mm-hmm. I would always, you know, book in a consult with someone and get to know someone because it's 2021 by now and we've done enough communicating online to know that people communicate differently online in terms of how they text or how they type compared to actually how they might speak in person. Mm. So anyway, that's just a little hint out there for coaches, like literally never judge someone just based off their inquiry because... Kate, like, you know, when we had our first consult, turns out that she's like just this wicked chick, right? Who's about to graduate as a lawyer and she has a whole history of competitive sport under her belt and she's got genetic potential of the gods. Anyway, over this past year, we've been working together and she's just like gotten ridiculous 
ridiculously muscly and ridiculously strong. And a few months ago, she got in touch with Lily Riley, who's one of the powerlifting coaches at Valhalla, because Kate's, you know, she's like incline dumbbell pressing the 30s, you know? It's like, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> you need to take advantage of this strength. So she got in touch with Lily to do a her first powerlifting meet, and Lily coached her through that. And at her first powerlifting novice meet, she ended up with 165 kilogram squat, a 160 kilogram deadlift and an 85 kilogram bench. And that's at sub 67 kilograms. And like Kate's pretty short as well. She's just absolutely jacked, Mm. but yeah, 410 kilogram total. And based on the calculation and scores that they did, she actually told me today during our check-in that she even beat all the dudes. (laughs) So she, she didn't just win the female division or just in her weight class or whatever. She beat everyone, man. So, um, she's just ridiculously strong, which is amazing, but it actually worked out really well because she's gone through all of this powerlifting training over the past year. We've gained like somewhere between six to seven kilograms of, I'd argue just lean mass on her, but now it's worked out really well that she now wants to compete in sports model for ICN next year at the competitions. So we were able to start her prep for that following on from the powerlifting meet at 23 weeks out. So Just super pumped for her, but it was just so cool last weekend to go to a powerlifting meet uh, because I've been to one before. My dad's competed in powerlifting before, but this one, just the vibe, man, just like very loud, heavy metal music, you know, a lot of people covered in chalk and like everyone just lifting ridiculously heavy weights. It's, it was a serious vibe, like, and just being in that atmosphere, it made me think I'm like, God damn, maybe I should do powerlifting. Like, it was awesome. Have you have you ever been to a powerlifting meet? No, I haven't. Yeah, man. Well, next time there's one on, like Valhalla is a great gym, right? It's basically the powerlifting hub, I'd say. Well, one of the most popular ones here in the Brisbane area. Mm, definitely. Yeah, but it was a really freaking cool atmosphere. Yeah, similar to a bodybuilding show. Mm, definitely not as like upbeat as a body. Like definitely mm. different music plays at bodybuilding shows and powerlifting meets. Similar energy levels, different vibes. Yes, that's correct. But very and different ends of the spectrum like you know obviously these powerlifting dudes like they're they're not you know drinking honey and eating rice cakes and pumping up sort of thing like you know they're like sniffing salts and <laughs> going grr and like f- f- the way you look who who cares right mm. like the the worse the lifting face the probably the heavier that you're going to lift on the day sort of thing that's what i loved about I might it too <laughs> You would do pretty well. Uh, But that's what I loved about it. It was just, it was very performance-based. You know, it wasn't physique Mm. orientated, but people still love to lift weights. So that's why you see people cross over between bodybuilding and powerlifting. But just really pumped to see Kate on stage next year because I think she's like the ultimate power builder. It's going to be wild, man. One of the few (laughs) cases we'll use that term. Keep an eye on this space. (laughs) Anyway, yeah past two weeks have been good these next two weeks should be good as well but jack what's something you want to improve this week so this week uh probably just avoiding those like crazy blood glucose spikes mm. that would be something i want to prevent mm-hmm. what about you this week i think i already said it i'm gonna woman up and pick up those 36 kilogram kettlebells just awesome. do it finally new... get it on camera i'm gonna get on camera camera helps me puts the pressure on 
Yep, you gotta perform. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode, guys. If you enjoyed it, you can repost it onto your social media. If you're also feeling generous, you can leave a rating and or a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys next week for a Q&A. Bye.